Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Tom Savageau. That's right. He's here to talk to all you peeps out there about tax incentives and rebates. I don't even know anything about it yet, so I should probably <laughs> not talk that much about it, Craig, but we're going to get into it in a second. That's right. We will. Be ready. But before we do, we got to go to led-llc.com for light efficient design. Greg, what do they got cooking up over there? Well, they've got their LBI linear transformer. It's a nice, unique looking fixture tube kind of thing. Real slim line, two foot, three foot, four foot, 10 volt dimming driver, 100,000 hour life, all the Kelvin temps you could need, suitable for dry or damp location. Um, and it can be used as a, as I said, as a fixture or as a retrofit into an existing fixture. So a real unique product. Not a lot of people have, but leave it to Light Efficient Design to come up with something hot like they always do. They have a great research and development department down there because they come out with so many new hot products. It's always good to have a relationship with Light Efficient Design. So you go to led-llc.com to get connected in to all that innovation down there. That's right. I'm talking about Light Efficient Design, sucker. Get down there, check them out. And before you go, though, you got to check out the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's right. Greg's a member. I'm a member. Get associated, brother. That's where you need to be. We got you all. We kept you all open during this whole pandemic thing. That's right. We did that for you, all you distributors out there. But for right now, Tom Savageo on Get a Grip on Lighting. What's happening, Tom? Thank you, guys. <clears throat> Not much. How are you guys doing? Doing good. We kicked off this podcast. People didn't hear with the song with money. Ooh, so that's what we're here to talk money. about, right? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. And I'm sure you've got a lot of listeners that can uh, probably benefit from uh, a lot of the tax rebate, rebates that are out there right now. Um, and in particular today, the one I'm going to cover uh, from the majority of this conversation is the employee retention tax credit, because that ends up being usually the biggest uh, tax rebate. Um, that businesses are just unaware of right now, just um, for a few reasons. So, uh, would love before to you jump share on that. You before guys. you jump on that, yeah, I read a statistic on the weekend that only one in one in five Americans, uh, actually American and American businesses, actually apply for the tax credits they're entitled to. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that was accurate. And um, this ERTC is what we call it. Um, I think the statistic I saw <clears throat> was that the businesses that are eligible for it, I think it's six to eight percent are actually filing for it. And it's currently being um, hailed as one of the biggest, if not the biggest tax credit in U.S. history. So uh, it's a lot of money that's being left on the table. And, and that's uh, kind of the reason why I love doing what it is that I'm doing right now, because a lot of businesses out there can get some massive help. So let's hear about it. Break it down for us. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, I think the point of this is just to kind of tell you guys about what the ERTC is, um, just to give listeners a little bit of background uh, from where I'm coming from. Um, had a tax accounting firm over in central Washington, up, up here in the Seattle area. And uh, it was a regional tax firm that grew out of um, this idea that, you know, businesses, they need tax help. They need this income tax help. But uh, on the other side, they need help figuring out how to have a profitable business. And my focus has always been on businesses and helping them be profitable. And income tax is one side of a business, but it's not every side of a business. So um, I started sitting down with owners and going over profit and loss statements and helping them out from a how does your business make more profitability standpoint. And 
that was a need that was so great that I took this little business out of uh, my basement at the time and grew it into, like I said, a regional accounting firm um, that uh, had four offices here in Washington, had quite a few employees, and uh, got so big that it was no longer <clears throat> what I liked doing, which is working with clients and helping businesses, because it got so big that I was just telling my employees what to do and training and putting out fires that I sold it about six years ago. And ever since then, all I do now is consulting with businesses and help them again with profitability and and figure out stuff like this tax stuff, um, which is really cool and really fun for me because I get to sit down with a business owner that is just like you and me and just somebody trying to make a profit and taking a risk and having a small business. Um, and I usually get to be the guy that kind of helps them out. So I, I get a lucky job here as far as it goes. I don't have to sit here doing very many tax returns. And that is a very good thing not to do. Um, Definitely. Not that we don't like doing tax returns, but um, so the employee retention tax credit. Uh, this is something that really. Well, hang on, hang on, on a second, this... hang on a second here. Before yeah. you go into yeah, that, because I think that's just like a, one of the arrows in your quiver, right? You're saying, oh, if you're working with me, we do this. But um, one of the things I tell business people is, especially people starting out or, or maybe in a smaller business looking to grow or if you're having trouble, hire consultants, man. Do not be afraid to ask for help because. You think sometimes when you, when I started my business years and years ago, I was kind of afraid or ashamed to ask for help, and it took me a couple of years in the business to to realize that hey, this is this can be really complicated, and there's a lot of good people out there that can help you, especially with the financial side of things, um, support. Uh, so I would encourage anybody that's uh, that doesn't have uh, a group of people around them that are helping them and advising them on different aspects of the business to get help because it's so important, Tom. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that's the thing that makes my job easy is from the finance side. When I sit down with uh, a good example, uh, restaurants, um, they're a an industry that really needs to keep costs very tight. And I use the examples of, you know, you have X percent for your cost of goods sold. You have X percent for your, your payroll cost. <clears throat> you know, if, if those numbers are you know, three or 4% higher, you're probably going to lose out on half of your profitability. So how do we control those numbers and look at things like that? And and it doesn't take very long before the owners are going, oh, I'm glad I've got you because I am making a lot more money now since I've hired you. And, and that's been a fun part of my job. So what's this tax credit about? Let's hear about it. Okay. So the employee retention tax credit, um, to give you kind of a high level picture of what that is, um, is that it is a tax credit. Um, it is not a uh, loan like the PPP loan. Everybody knows about the PPP loan right now just because it's been such a big, big thing. ERTC is a tax credit. Um, it's a tax credit that's actually filed on employers' payroll tax reports. So it only applies to uh, employers that have employees. If you don't have employees, unfortunately, you're out of luck. If you're a sole proprietor, that's just a one guy show or single member LLC, you need to have employees to have this. But if you do have employees and if you are eligible, it's a fairly big tax credit in the fact that for 2020, the tax credit applies to the first 50% of what you pay to employees up to $10,000. So if I have an employee paid them $10,000, I can get 5,000 of that back in 2020. Even though 2020 is over, you can still get that back. So if I have 10 employees and I've paid them each $10,000 in 2020 and I'm eligible for this credit, I can get $50,000 back. Um, as you can see, it kind of gets big. If I've got 100 employees, then that's $500,000. Um, 
where this gets really cool and really where this changes. And in uh, late December of 2020, uh, Congress basically changed the rules for this and made it so that businesses that are eligible for this tax credit not only get that $5,000 in 2020 for up to the the 50% of $10,000. In 2021, businesses also now get per quarter, so first quarter and second quarter so far, up to 70% of $10,000. So in the first and second quarter, they're getting $7,000 per employee that they paid. You take the examples before, you've got one employee in that first quarter, you're getting $7,000 back from $10,000 you paid for the employee, both for the first and second quarter. You've got 10 employees, that's $70,000 in each quarter, if you're eligible. Um, so Sorry, let me just ask, you're saying, so if, if I have one employee and I pay them $10,000 in first quarter, I get $7,000. And then if I pay them ten thousand in the second quarter, I get seven. So I get fourteen thousand for the one employee. Uh, Nineteen thousand actually, because you forgot about twenty twenty. Got it. But if for this year, it would be yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. For this year, it's fourteen thousand. For last year, it's uh, nineteen thousand. And actually, here's the fun part: is that uh, currently on the table right now is that new legislation they're getting ready to pass. Everybody's super excited about their. if they're under 80,000 type thing, that's a nice thing. But where businesses should be really excited about this is this extends this credit through the end of the year, meaning it gives us two two more quarters that if your business is eligible, you're going to get another 7,000 in the first 10,000 that you pay uh, to your employees. So then that $19,000 figures becomes $33,000 is the maximum amount you could get per employee. We're talking big numbers as far as what this is eligible for. And this last month and a half, I've helped some uh, fairly small businesses. I mean, 10 10 employees, not very much, but you're talking $150,000 little mom and pop shop credit that these guys are getting back. Huge dollar figures. It's going to make a difference for these guys for a few years. And like I said, about 6 to 8% was the number that I saw of people that actually know about this and are taking advantage of it right now. Not a lot of businesses that are out there. So the big question, how do you become eligible? (laughs) How do you know if you're eligible? Yeah, that is is the big question. I mean, we throw these numbers out there like like it's some sort of lotto. Maybe I'll get it and maybe I won't get it. Um, There are two rules to becoming eligible for the ERTC, two main bases for it. Um, The first, of course, is based off of your receipts. So let's say your receipts um, for... Uh, the first quarter of 2021, let's say that they are less than 80% of the of your gross receipts in the same quarter of 2019, you are automatically eligible for this credit based off of that. Th- that qualifies some businesses, right? There's some businesses that are having a hard time. You know, the, the everything that's gone on with the pandemic has caused... Um, Loss in business, and I can imagine, I've seen restaurants that, of course, are having a tough time that qualify under that rule. But the funny thing is, 95% of the businesses I'm finding aren't qualifying under that rule. They're qualifying under this other rule, and it's either or. It's not both. So I, I, I struggle with businesses hearing that. The other rule is that you have had to have been shut down, either partially or fully, partially qualifies, by a government mandate. And so what qualifies for that is, let's say here in Washington, we've got this wonderful rule called the Healthy Washington Rule. And what it does is it limits capacity on restaurants, retail shops, uh, professional offices to 25% right now. Every business that is under that rule qualifies for this credit. 
So which is 99% of restaurants out there, which is 99% of businesses that have any sort of storefront whatsoever, um, which is 99% of offices like mine that are professional offices that can't have people coming to the office that need to figure out a remote learning environment. So the, the amount of businesses that are actually out there that are qualified for this rule is, is fairly big. And but you also have to be earning a profit, right? So this is a tax credit. It's not a cash payout. So ah, they have... that's, that's the fun part. It is a cash payment. You do not have to be earning a profit. So we'll, we'll get into that and how the well, tax How does a tax credit works. become a cash payment? I don't understand that. So, and that's, that's a good question. Actually, I'll skip ahead and go through to that. So it's a refundable tax credit. Refundable tax credit. Uh, you guys have kids? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on your personal mm -hmm. tax return, there's something called the child tax credit. And the additional child tax credit, if, if you ever had to qualify for that, you know, us parents, I've got three kids, they're all teenagers now, but I had little kids at one point in time, and I didn't have a whole lot of money. And therefore, my tax return got to a point every year, um, where I was able to take the child tax credit for my kids, So it's a non refundable tax credit, and it wipes out the taxes that I owe. Then I was able to because I wiped out all the taxes that I owed get the additional child tax credit. What that was, was a refundable tax credit where the IRS paid me money. So it was money from the IRS that I did not pay in that came from it. The ERTC is the exact same thing. This is a refundable tax credit from the IRS. That is a check that the IRS pays to you. By no means are you going to, if you use 70% of your payroll for this tax credit and you qualify for that, by no means are you going to have payroll taxes equal to 70% of what this credit is. So you're going to get a check back. And what I'm talking about here is a check from the IRS that these businesses are getting. That sounds ridiculous. Does that answer your question? Me. Yeah, that sounds right. like a lot Absolutely, of free money. right? So we're sitting here going, wait a second, this thing, this can't be real. I mean, this has got to be something fake. And I was in your same shoes um, when... Last year, when I heard about this at first, I was like, there's there's no way. And of course, the PPP comes around and um, there was a rule last year that the, if you apply for the PPP, I mean, we've all heard of the PPP. Most businesses have applied for it. Um, if we've applied for the PPP, we can't apply for the ERTC. On December 27th, that rule was thrown out. Officially, if you apply for the PPP, you now can apply for the ERTC. That was the big game changer right there. Because... Businesses knew about the PPP. Go ahead. So they removed the the, the 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 key rule was like based on revenue. So if your revenue had gone down, you would be able to apply for this. But now they've added an additional rule to it, meaning that if the if the state or or the municipality where you operate has imposed any kind of restrictions on your business, I mean that's a that's a dog's breakfast right there. I mean, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, because that's everybody. Right, basically. Per so, does that correct. mean co companies that are have have increased their revenue through this and increased their profitability will also be eligible for this? That is absolutely correct. Okay, I mean, you, you said your, okay. <laughs> okay, that that's. <laughs> so it, it seems right. So what we're talking about? So Amazon, Amazon's going to be filing a whole bunch of these. And, so uh, there Microsoft. are limitations to the size you are that does okay. limit some of the rules and how they apply. So in 20, uh, 2019, um, the size is 100 
uh, employees or less, it's pretty much free reign to be able to apply for this. Over that, there's, you can apply, but there's just aggregate rules that apply to it. So most of the businesses that I'm helping with this, they're not more than 100 employees for 2020. Excuse me, I think it said 2019. Um, in 2021, that's 500 employees now. That's 70% of the first 10,000 you paid. You had some sort of government mandate in your uh, state that required you to you know, have a 25% limited capacity on uh, employees. That a government mandate that restricted some some supply ordering that you're able to do, and therefore you're not able to order as many supplies, that would affect you. So let's say you have a manufacturer who has to change their hours and do something that limits their supplies that they can do, and therefore your business is affected by that. I don't care if your sales were more. I don't care if your sales were even. You were affected by it. So we're talking a large amount of businesses that are actually affected by this and a large amount of business that should be filing for this. So here, here's the great thing, because you, you hit on something before, which is um, you know, this being called a tax credit. And what does that mean? Because everybody thinks tax credit, they think income taxes. This is not an income tax credit. This is a payroll tax credit. What does that mean? That means that to file for this credit, you file for it on your Form 941, which is this uh, form you use at the end of the quarter to file and tell the IRS how much you paid employees, how much you withheld in taxes, how much um, you're, you withheld for your employees for the federal withholdings. That's where you actually file for it. And if you look at your 941 that you've been filing as a business owner, if you're, if you're savvy enough to get into that stuff, you can actually look at it and go through that 941. There's a little spot on there that says refundable portion of, of employee retention credit non-refundable portion of employee retention credit. And it's actually on there. Um, businesses just don't know what to do. They don't know what to put in there. And that's been the fun part of helping them figure that out. Go ahead. It's party time, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just want to do it. has a it, lot it, of fun. Yeah, here, here, let's do a hypothetical one. Let's say it's a lighting distributor and let's just say Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. <laughs> um, you know, maybe 15 employees. Um, they never really were forced to shut down, but they 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 kind of stayed open and they had a little time where people weren't in the office. Does that qualify? Their their receipts aren't less than eighty percent. Okay, good good points there because uh, one point you bring up is you know let's say I qualify for a little bit, um, you have to requalify in each quarter depending on the receipts. If you're using the receipts rule again, most businesses aren't using the receipts rule. Most businesses are using the rule of do I qualify for a shutdown? And the really easy one for that rule is um, the limitation in capacity. Um, or if you have to change your hours, that's a good easy one too. Um, so in that rule that, or that scenario you just brought up, um, I would probably need to find out how long they were closed down for. And again, was it a government mandate that caused them to close down? That's the key rule here. It has to be a government mandate. It can't be your own choice to shut down or anything else like that. It's got to come from some rule that requires you to shut down. Again, it can come from you shutting down because your suppliers are affected by a government mandate. What about a COVID case at your office requiring you to shut down? Would that work? Correct, but it has to be in each period. So each quarter, 2021, is a new period. You're getting COVID um, in the care. first quarter. You're getting COVID <laughs> in the second quarter. You get COVID in the third quarter. You're, gonna, you're getting yes. it in the fourth, boy. <laughs> I like it if you can make it related to the actual rule that the government is mandating you to do. So if the government mandates you to shut down because somebody's getting COVID, great. You can make that apply um, for what it is. Um, the easiest, I, I'm not going to lie, the, the easiest uh, ways for me to do this is, is the retail stores. So... Um, I think Spencer, uh, the gentleman that, that got me on here, 
Uh, the reason why it's easy for them is they've, they've got a retail store. They're selling sure. this stuff and retail capacity is at 25% in the state of Washington. Right and he's now. talking about and, Spencer Miles, who's the, the, I think the president of Pacific Lamp and Supply in Seattle. And he's the right. one who referred yeah, us, yeah. you to us and said, get this guy on the show right now. So Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be happy. Uh, I'm helping him uh, take a look at this. So, uh, you know, one thing I get, you know, just like you guys say, hey, this is a big amount of money. I've got 15 employees. Let's say that that business there um, that had 15 employees um, on average, if, if I'm going to give you real numbers, typically a business with, with 15 employees, uh, I'm usually getting about $150,000 for that business. Um, that's a great ex- example of, of usually the size and really what ends up coming from this. You know, there's limitations. You can only do up to the first 10,000. So let's say in 2020, if you've got a normal employee, you're paying 60,000 a year or two. Obviously, you're going to max out that 10,000 pretty quickly. Um, the, the fun part is if this is such a big thing, why don't I know about it? What, what, how in the world has this flown under the radar? If this really is one of the biggest tax credits in U.S. history, how's it flown, flown under the radar? And that's where it's been really fun for me, because as I said, I'm not an income tax guy. I hate income tax. I don't I don't like sitting down doing taxes. What I like is I like helping businesses with their accounting. And that got me involved in more of the payroll side of things. And this is a payroll tax credit. It's filed on that 941. Income tax accountants and CPAs, they do file 941s, but that's not their main focus. Your main focus is that year end. You guys, you know, you set send your uh, paperwork over there that your bookkeeper or whoever's been doing this over to your CPA. And, and that CPA is the one that's going to take a look at that and file that 1120S or whatever form that they're going to file for you. Well, maybe you have a bookkeeper is the one that's filing your 941 for you right now. Well, that bookkeeper, unfortunately, probably doesn't have the background to really know what the employee retention tax credit is, or if they do know what it is, you know, you're talking about $19,000 right now, maybe $33,000 in the future. Maybe they know what it is, but they don't know how to file it. They don't know how to calculate it. And what I found is that there's this huge gap because of how this credit is created and how businesses can actually file for this. Income tax accountants are in the middle of tax season. They're focused on income tax. Bookkeepers that do your 941s or payroll companies aren't really savvy enough to be able to get in and actually file this on on the payroll tax form that they need. And for me, the reason why I ended up getting so involved with this is just because I'm a high-level accountant in those areas. And as soon as I realized, holy crap, this really could be this big, I just delved right into it. And of course, it kind of helps that I sold my business six years ago, the accounting firm. And so I spend my time sitting here looking into funny rules and reading way long uh, parts of tax code that probably most people would not enjoy reading um, going through. And uh, it's it's definitely been fun to share this on a, on a larger scale with a lot of people and collaborate that information. Because as soon as people hear about it, they start looking into it and realize, no, this is real. This isn't something we're making up. It just happens that income tax accountants aren't really spending a lot of time. So if you go to your CPA, they're probably not going to tell you a whole lot about it. Uh, Your bookkeeper that's filing your 941 might not know about it right now. And therefore, it's leaving this huge gap of businesses that just have no clue and don't really have a good resource. Okay. Go ahead. So first of all, I've always wondered what accountants do after tax (laughs) season. Like I've always mm-hmm. said, like what what the hell do you do for the other ten months of the year? Like, I talk. Oh, you know, that's like a good the, question. Oh well, no! See, some I, people I, I, have year ends. Some people have year ends in June. It's like yeah, uh-huh. but most people, yeah, whatever. I'm like these guys. This is like the ultimate job. You know, you work for two yeah. months a year, and the rest of the year you you just kind of wait. 
<laughs> if I was a normal income tax accountant, you're 100 percent right. I, I had to laugh. Um, my my CPA firm got big enough that I had to take on a partner who filed income taxes because I was tired of sending them out to other firms. And I had to laugh because he was in charge of this, the uh, income tax side. I was in charge of making sure businesses were profitable. So I work throughout the year. I don't get a, a October or April deadline. He does. So what does he do? He, uh, let's see, coaches baseball. Sure. Uh, he yeah. does uh, goes on vacations uh, yeah. quite a bit once that April 16th hits. Um, you know, there are extensions of deadlines, but they spend a lot of time uh, – in those off season, just taking taking a little bit of time off. Not a bad thing to do. For some reason, I wasn't smart enough to get into that. Should have been a bean counter. Should have been a bean counter. Should have been okay. a bean counter. Yeah. So okay. So but the, you know what? You know what? You know what? I I'm going to make a suggestion to you. You ready for this? Uh huh. Are you in your home right now? I am. Yes. Do you, do you have I'm a? Surprised physical, you haven't heard a kid. Do you have a physical office <laughs> anywhere? Or do you work out of your home? I do have a physical office. Yes. Okay. So you're going to take you're going to fill your your office with desks and phones. You're going to start a, bo- a boiler room, okay? And you're going to call people up and say, how many employees you got? Oh, 20 employees. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, have you guys had a, any lockdown mandates where you are? Yeah, we have. Okay, uh, I'm going to give you guys $70,000 or whatever, blah, 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 but I'm only going to take 50% whatever you get. <laughs> <laughs> That's my that fee. sounds like a great idea right there. <laughs> and that, that would be a wonderful moneymaker. If it wasn't for the fact that there are ethical rules that prevent us accountants from being able to charge a percentage on uh, what people get oh, back as a refund. I know. Oh, but man. I'm going to actually do one better on that. So... Um, month and a half ago when I figured out how big this was and how many people this would affect. And there, there are definitely rules in here that I should throw out there because we haven't gotten to some of the aspects of, of this to make sure that businesses really that are listening to this really understand. But a month and a half ago when I realized how big this was, I, um, I was meeting with U.S. Foods. They've been a really good company because, of course, restaurants. You know, they've got a ton of restaurants that were hit really hard by this. And U.S. Foods has what they call the Rocks Team, which is this group of a dozen individuals. And all they do is spend their day looking at the CARES, um, CARES Act, which is what, what uh, passed to make this possible, and communicating to their customers what it says. Um, and somebody from there said, you know what we really need to do is somebody needs to create an app that somebody could go online and go beep, 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 beep. And by doing that, it could spit out what they need. And I went, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea. So I actually went online at the time about a month and a half ago and registered a domain name. I don't know if I'm allowed to say my domain names ah, on go here. Go for it, man. Doesn't matter. Go mm-hmm. for it. All right. I, I registered. I'll send, you, I'll send you the invoice after. Filing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. This is where you can charge me a percentage. That's fine. Yeah. So ERTCfiling.com is what I registered. And I said, heck with this. You know, if businesses that I know um, – And the story that I keep hearing is, well, I've talked to my CPA about it, and either one, he doesn't know about it, or two, he doesn't know how to file it. And I've talked to my bookkeeper, and again, doesn't know about it, doesn't know how to file it. Uh, I kept getting that story, and I said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a website that works like TurboTax. And a business can go online to this website, input their numbers. You don't have to be, I actually um, tested this out, been testing it out with local business owners that I have. Um, Don't have to be super savvy in numbers. You just have to know the questions to ask when you're filing for this, and thankfully I have no other questions asked. So I created this website, ERTCfiling.com, to basically help people file for this. And it's a system that works like TurboTax, that they go online, they input their information, and it actually spits out the forms that they need in order to file for this. Um, I'm going to put a caveat, because as cool as that is, I, I really like that we have this. 
My recommendation to business owners that are actually sitting here scratching their head going, what is this idiot talking about? I've got this. I must not be able to qualify. If you have a CPA or income tax professional, go talk to them. They're, they're the first places to start. They know your business more than I do. Um, you know, I could talk to 10 different businesses and probably talk about 10 different things. So I'm, I'm, even though I've got a website that can help people file for this, um, I'm, I'm going to still say, go to your CPA first and talk to your CPA. Now, if you go to your CPA and they go, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to file for it. Then at that point in time, go onto my website. I've got some, a couple cool things there. Thing number one, if you want to, there's a tool I created for businesses that's a free tool. It's on the main webpage. It allows businesses to put in some very easy numbers if you know you qualify, and it'll tell you what amount you get. It's gonna, it's a tax estimator is what it is. Really easy numbers to put in. All you need is your PPP information. You need your um, number of employees average, and then your average payroll. You put in those three bits, and I can tell you about how much you're going to get, assuming you can qualify. Um, that's something I recommend everybody do. Go to ertcfiling.com, put those numbers in. And if you, you aren't understanding how much this is for you, that will tell it. And, and when you see those numbers on a screen flashing at you, that's how important this is to follow up on. And I'd love it if people were following up and taking advantage of this. You, you can bet that big corporations are doing it for sure. So might as well be the small guy that's doing it too. And that's where my passion is, is for that. So go to starttheparty.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scott, there, did you uh, overload that into the overload that website when you were doing it there, bud? Not this time. Oh, okay. So we'll, uh-huh. yeah. we'll get it on. All right. Yeah. BRTC yeah. So, filing, so, but it, don't, is don't there, overload it because okay. it's, it's actually going live here Um tonight is when it actually goes live. We're updating it right now to do certain things. And actually, the other caveat, too, is um, the if for any businesses, if they do need help to file for this, and it's this week that they need help, it'll take a few days for the, the actual forms. You can go online. You can fill out all your information. It'll actually tell you how much your specific credit is for the quarters that you need. Um, but it'll take a few days to get the forms back to you. So here, uh, within about a week's time frame, those forms are going to come up automatically and be available to anybody who who goes on there to be able to file for that. When do you need to have 2020 submitted by? So good question here, um, because that brings up a really important part of how this really works. Um, you know, I've said before, this is a payroll tax credit. So this is something that businesses, when they fill out their 941, they're going to send that 941 in in order to get this. 2020, we're done with, which means that it, when you're, when you're taking advantage of 20, excuse me, 2020, we're done with. When you're taking advantage of 2020, you're going to fill out a form called a 941X. You don't need to know what that is. Your payroll person, whoever's filing for this, knows what it is. This The website that I created knows what it is. That's a form that can only be mailed into the IRS. Here's what sucks about mailing forms into the IRS is that it takes the IRS right now anywhere from 8 to 12 months to process any mailed-in forms. It stinks. And the only way to send in the 2020 is through the mail. So that's the bad thing about 2020. This is why I'm pushing so big right now is that for 2021, there's a form called the 7200. And that's a form that is an advance request on this credit. And businesses that send that advance request prior to the end of the period. So we're in quarter one right now. That ends on March 31st. You've got this 941 that's due by April 30th. If you send in this form 7200 right now, you're going to take that eight to 12 month period and you're going to back that down to one to three months. This is my biggest problem with CPA saying, ah, don't worry about it. We'll do it after tax tax time. If they come back and file that 941 or 941X and mail in a return, you're looking at eight to 12 months to get this money. If you're smart enough to go on and figure out something now, 
you're looking at one to three months if you get that form 7200 out. It's beautiful. For, for the people that actually know how to do that and are actually getting those out, you can request that for the first and second quarter right now. And in one to three months, you can have this money, which that's the point of this whole entire program is help businesses that need cash flow to help pay for employees uh, and retain employees. So don't don't hold off. You're, you're hurting yourself pretty big if uh, you're a business that's going, eh, I'll get to this next month after tax, tax time gets over. Or if your CPA says that, don't take that as a good answer because that's not a good answer right now. It's something you need to go out and figure out sooner rather than later. The tax man pays there any you, other the tax man yeah, pays any you. other little programs that we that we're missing yeah, well, out on here that we need to know. Yeah, that, that's the big one. ERTC is definitely there's a reason I'm focusing on that is because it's it's such a big yeah. one. Um, the PPP, of course, has been a, a great program that's helped a lot of businesses. Uh, some businesses find out that they can't qualify. Here's the big thing: businesses find out they can't qualify for the PPP because they weren't in business. Um, before February 15th, 2020, the ERTC has no requirement like that. You can start a business today. You can start paying employees today. And at the end of the first quarter, you can get that refund. Only difference is if you if you start a business today, you can't file that form 7200. You're going to have to file your 941 and get it back that way. Um, so the PPP has been, been big. And actually, I think by the time this podcast goes live, um, the PPP is going to uh, be out of their little 14-day window where they were really helping businesses with 20 employees or less. Um, so they're going to be outside of that little time frame that they're doing. But if you haven't gotten a first draw PPP, talk to your banker, uh, take a look at that. Helps pay for two and a half months of payroll. Uh, the first draw doesn't have the restrictions that the second draw does. In fact, it opens it up a lot more to businesses than the uh, second draw does. And, and I'm speaking in big terms here. Um, do you guys have any questions about about that first draw, second draw, PPP? No, I think just in general, we don't need to dive into them. Just if there's anything else yeah. out there, you know, like that, that's yeah. good to know. I, I think um, the PPP would be definitely the second area. And, and that's the most known area because bankers, they're making a fee off of lending for this PPP. So they're more than happy to get out there. Every banker who can possibly get out there can definitely um, talk to uh, talk to their clients about what the PPP is. And if you haven't talked to your banker, definitely go talk to your banker. Um, you don't have to have employees to have the PPP. You can, uh, again, be a Schedule C filer. This is the advantage the PPP has as compared to the ERTC. Um, you can be a single member LLC and they'll calculate based off of what it is that you, that you make as just a single member. So um, definitely something to look at if you haven't. Um, important rule as the PPP, I said earlier in this broadcast that um, the PPP and the ERTC, at, at first you couldn't get both of those. They've changed the rules now where you can get both of those, but the rule is you can't have those pay for the same payroll tax dollar. And what I mean by that is, let's say you got the PPP in 2020, a lot of businesses did. You have to use all of those funds for the payroll that it pays for before you start calculating how much payroll you have to use for the ERTC. That's real easy for the most part, because most businesses, when I look in 2020, they got that PPP back in maybe April when it first came out, and they used most of that pays for two and a half months with the payroll. They used most of that by June. Therefore, in July, they're eligible to file for the ERTC and claim the ERTC for last year, too. So, so it's not one or the other. It's two great programs. If you don't know about your PPP, go to your banker. If you don't know about your ERTC, go to your CPA or income tax professional, talk to them about it. Um, by all means, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to help uh, educate people on, on what these things are. But those are the two largest programs right now that are helping businesses um, get through this pandemic 
to the level that they need to get through this pandemic. So I know you're a bean good counter. stuff. You claim you're not. Yes. I know you're a bean counter because you throw <laughs> around acner acronyms like it's like an LLC PPE. Yeah, yeah. Our industry never throw has never uses an absurd number of acronyms. Not not in the slightest. The acronym acronym time. Okay. Tom, hey, I really appreciate you being a guest on the on the show um, and telling everyone about the acronyms that you know all about. Uh-huh. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you, if you're now, which one of it, you guys? I was supposed to give somebody a hard time today about Bloody Mary mix. Bloody Mary oh, company. That's me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's you. Me. Okay. All right. John yeah, yeah. John Elias wanted me to say something about that. Apparently, there's a story that goes back and forth uh, with you guys, him and his wife. So I, that's actually how I got involved with this is I own a wine bar <laughs> here in town with John, who is Spencer's business partner. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get some yeah. Bloody Marys rolling there, too, then. Uh, I'd be all, all goes well with wine. Wine. especially after dealing with this stuff as much as I have. I've been Ooh, deep in this and in need of a Bloody Mary, for mm. sure. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Folks, uh, Tom, thank you for being on the show. If you guys are listening to this now, uh, Scott's going to post the website and to how to get in touch with Tom on the getagriponlighting.com website. But, Craigie, before we go, we got to go to led-llc.com for light-efficient design, brother. That's right there, LBI Linear Transformer. Most important parts about it, I didn't say before, is it's flex color and flex watt. Ooh. You know, different lengths, connectable, dimmable. And you get to choose your color and wattage right on the fixture. Get after it. It's a transformer more than meets the eye. Yeah. <laughs> the transformer. Come on, sucker. Go to led-llc.com. That's right. Light efficient design. Those guys are badasses. And of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. NAILD.org. Get associated. Come on, man. Join us. That's right. It's a movement. We're going to keep it going. And, of course, Tom Savage-O, the acronym Savage, coming on the Get a Grip on Lenny podcast. Hey, Tom, thank you very much for being a guest. Thank you, guys. I for now, so. folks. Written on the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. You are lost, the Lord is there to find you. 